It's Rotten Mornings. The best way to start your morning off rotten. Welcome to Season 3. Scott. Yeah, and that's how we start season three well, of Rotten, rotten Mornings. Fucking season Rotten Three. Get your shit together, Scott. Well, we've got Carrie joining us for her very first episode. That's how she makes her dynamic debut. I'm very yes, well, welcome I'm to Carrie. season three, retry number five. <laughs> I'm glad that you were counting. I'm also glad that you can't count. Yes. <laughs> this has been five for 20 goes now. Um, this is season three of Rotten Mornings. If you have listened to the other seasons, why? We're sorry. Yeah. You have That's probably, on you. Probably been mourning. All right, uh, don't talk to me like that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brandy. Good morning, Brandy. Morning, Brandy. <laughs> Glad Hi, you're Brandy. both here and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says that like he's not, but he's totally glad you are. Um, as always, I am Scott. You are pointing at me again. <laughs> what the fuck is yeah, happening? That's rude to point. I'm Matt. Yeah, that's rude. I'm Brandy. I'm Grim. I'm Carrie. Oh, Carrie. <laughs> I'm guilty by association. Okay. <laughs> Last time he was flip a coin, today he's guilty by association. Is <laughs> that ever changing crew member? I love today it. Today Scott yeah. is paying, playing. Uh, oh, he's paying. Shit, paying. He's paying. He's paying. I'm paying, playing. Spoiler. It's great. Pay to play. <laughs> he's playing Hungry Munster. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took a while for that joke to get out, oh. but it landed flat. The, uh, so, what are we here for? Oh, uh, we've got some really exciting stuff that we're doing in season oh, that, three. That's right. We told you guys at the end of season two, if you recall and listened, which you didn't, nor do you, uh, that we will be doing movie reviews. Movie reviews. Season. And I picked the first one, which is Heredity. Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I was a, I was a scared I watched the wrong film. <laughs> Shit. Well, that's we that's the Kevin Costner game. Yeah. I just fucked up the game. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right, guys. So we will be doing uh, movie reviews. The first one is Hereditary. Uh, that's Grimm's film. That was her selection. And beware, <laughs> there will be spoilers. Lots of spoilers. If yeah. you have not watched the movie... You, I mean, I would say don't listen to this, to. but please listen to this anyways, even if you haven't watched the movie. We're going to spoil the shit out of the movie, but I if would, you haven't uh, watched it yet, come on. I would recommend, if you haven't watched the movie, listen to this instead. <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I mean, we don't know how good this episode's going to be. If you have or haven't watched the movie, don't listen to this. And if you have or haven't listened to this, probably watch the movie instead. <coughs> All right. Feel free to listen to this and then go watch it for yourself and tell us everything we got wrong. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we're really excited about this because it is the first episode, but we're also still kind of getting our feet. Uh, so uh, the format I, may change a little bit. Where did my feet go? I, I thought I had feet. feet. Who got like, your shit, feet? Who took her mine. feet? Oh, I don't have a toenail. Does that count? <laughs> we're, we're actually going to try uh, our hand at this. We're probably going to talk over each other and it be a massive fucking blah, 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 blah. So we want to go ahead and apologize to you guys because you're not listening to this. We want to apologize to you guys for all of the episodes, even when it was just Scott by himself and there was no stumbling. So we're just apologizing to Brandy? Yes, yes. yes we're I'm sorry, apologizing Brandy. apologizing to myself. Brandy, so sorry. I'm sorry, Brandy. <laughs> so with that being said, good morning. 
good <laughs> Venu, Venici. Yeah, we're recording this at uh, 8.55 at night. But in the morning. But we're pretending like it's in the it's morning. morning. Don't blow this illusion. We have held this so perfectly. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. For yeah, the past so perfectly. Yeah. six seasons. What day is it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. The 17th. All right, so uh, this film came out in 2018. Yeah. Uh, this film was Ari Aster's de- debutorial uh, film, his very first film, and got a lot of acclaim for for what he did, and especially well, for the first film. The problem is, is that it bombed at the box office because of, and and I kind of like think about talking about this movie in like beginning, middle, end. And I think to even start to talk about this movie, you have to go back to what hype it was generating when it first was being released. And the trailer for this movie is what doomed this movie to fail at the box office. Very common. Um, The trailer portrayed a crazy woman in a family with secrets who had just lost her grandmother, whose grandmother was really close to her daughter, and some crazy shit was happening with her daughter and grandmother's connection. And they sell it as if the daughter is 100% the main character, that it's all about her connection to the grandmother, and that is it. And, and let me just point this out for, for you guys listening. If you hear a crunching or chewing sound... Um, That's Arza. No, it's not. That's um, Scott. He's <laughs> chewing on his comfort bone. What's wrong with you, Scott? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so not only did the uh, the trailer come out, and there was uh, <coughs> uh, it, it maybe not portrayed the film in the way that it was, but there was also a lot of hype from the film festival circuit that it hit. So it, this movie was talked about. It may not have been talked about in the way that it could have been. Yeah, and I I showed Grim and Brandy the trailer yes. earlier, telling them that, and y'all kind of got that same yes. opinion from the trailer too. I would recommend watching the trailer before watching the movie because it it sends you to a complete like 100% completely different movie. Uh the tone of the trailer is so different, the the it's so mixed up. Uh and if you've seen the movie and then watched the trailer, you'll notice that in the trailer they masked out every part of the girl being dead. Mm-hmm. Uh when the trailer first starts, it's the scene where mm-hmm. she's being buried underground and the the camera's descending coffin's not in the shot they digitally removed the coffin so they had no reference of the girl's part of they digitally removed a few things from that trailer yes that changed it from the scene that you actually see and i i know like the director was attempting to set up a a kind of a red herring because he didn't want to do the tropic horror movie thing even though the trailer sold it like a very tropic horror movie but now that's you, the beginning. I, you I, had also already seen this movie I, before before our recent viewing of it. I did I, not. I, I didn't know anything about it. Sorry, you cut off your eyes again. Um, <laughs> cut your, cut your <laughs> fucking oh, eyes out! <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see the trailer. I didn't watch anything about it. Didn't read the bio on it, anything. So first, just seeing it, before I watched it... I assumed it was about some inbred hillbillies, and uh, <laughs> what was I wrong? <laughs> wow, were yeah. you? Did you did you pick this movie entirely on its name? 
Were yes. you like, man, <laughs> that sounds like a great movie about inbred hillbillies. She, that sounds close to home. She's <laughs> been told she should watch, I think. It's fair. Yeah, that's my guess. No, I was just surfing through recent movies and was like, all right, this is good. And uh, you had never seen it before either, no, right? No, I hadn't even heard of it, but I have to say I'd rated a solid 7 out of 10 in my opinion. If you were going to say what you thought the movie was about just when we first talked about it, mm-hmm. like what would you have thought the movie Heredity was even about? Before seeing a single scene. Yeah. Hereditary. Just Hereditary, I keep fucking that About up a family <laughs> or something in a family line, ancestral line, something like that. Yeah. Rednecks. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was the movie with uh, Alice Cooper that was based on the um, Lovecraft thing about them rednecks like breeding until they bred the perfect inbred thing for this demon? Uh, I had tried to wipe that out of my memory, so the title definitely isn't there. Yeah, but holy crap, that's I like, like already too. Like blood, but yeah, that was you. yeah. <laughs> what is uh, the dueling banjos famous? The deliverance, yeah. deliverance, yeah. That's that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. Like it sounds like a deliverance kind of yeah. kind of thing. Um, so <clears throat> what you were saying is like the director did not want to do a typical horror trope movie. Yes. My biggest complaint about this film is that it starts me off in these incredibly gorgeous shots. Some of the most beautiful visuals. Scenic. I loved it. Uh, part of that was the long single shots and the other thing is they built half the set on a sound stage so they could pull it away and they pulled the the sides off so they could get these long wide shots um the first two-thirds of this film beautiful gorgeous uh completely different a little slow uh last third of this film uh ad for peloton (laughs) okay okay so uh, that's your that's your but okay the the demon was Peloton. No, it was Payman. He's the I had uh, the volume really low in yeah. there. So, <laughs> like, so it was like buy Peloton. And I was like, What? <laughs> I don't know why Jughead from the Archies is trying Pay to mine. sell me on a workout machine. Pay Pay mine. Mine. He's actually oh, wow. He's actually in the Key of Solomon book. He's one of the He is. Yeah. Uh not Key of Solomon. It's yeah. a different book, but that's I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, so do, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go around the room and like get everybody's opinion? Because I have like some. I think starting off and just interjecting is the best. Let's I have some it. very strong opinions about every piece of this movie. Sure. Um, starting off with like what you said on the two thirds thing, that you said that there the first two thirds of this movie was one thing, the last third was a different. Um, there are iconic shots that you cannot forget in this movie. Uh, one being the draw in to the room, the very first shot through uh, the miniatures. Completely agree. The second shot when the casket is being buried and, and the, the camera, camera follows it underground. Agreed. Uh, the scene when she fucking, I'm thinking it's when she sees her mother and she does the scream where everything pauses and it's her face being elongated and it's just so droning and shit. Um, I believe that those three, those four scenes are bookmarked titles. Um, that the first scene in the miniature thing is when it's talking about their personal lives, where she does the miniatures and he does this and he does that. Um, when the casket goes underground, it's 
chapter two, when she sees the grandmother, it's chapter three. And each chapter has a completely different tone, different shots. Mm -hmm. um, and even the little obscure things in the background lead you to the suggestion that it it's meaning you to end that. And then when the chapter ends, it goes, the next chapter begins and it's completely different and they've changed everything. That's fair, but I don't think that the, the, the good qualities of two, I think they, I think the, the, the ending for me brought down the quality of the first two so that it didn't average out to be the thing that I wanted it, it to be. Is it possibly because of the grotesquity of the last part that just is off-putting? In no way. No, it, it totally changed the... It, 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 the, the speed, the pacing sped up, the storytelling got sloppy, um, the, the legend got sloppy, and I know his whole thing was like, I don't want the audience to know because the audience is finding out at the same time the family's finding out. Mm -hmm. Totally okay with that. Uh, that was I not explained, like, though. I, I disagree with that I assumption. Like you wanted That's the audience to know, but kind of, you wouldn't know unless you looked up the words you keep seeing on the walls. You wouldn't know if you knew the very first the room, the very first meanings. thing they talk about in the classroom pretty much spells out the plot of the movie. Yeah. In the very first scene when they're talking about the guy having choice and how he would do this and how these characters are trapped mm -hmm. in just an ever-ending down and they can't and do the anything fact about that he's it. He's ignoring all the blatant and that he's ignoring all they like him. he consistently calls himself out breaking the third wall and he does this in all of his movies. Mm -hmm. Um where he spells it the fuck out for you. Now. Now was this your first viewing of yeah. it too? Okay. I didn't pick up on that quite as quickly because I thought it was just a family with mental illness. They had mental health issues running through the family. Yeah. And I didn't see, I knew the flashing lights. I seen that. Mm -hmm. I knew the flashing lights. I seen that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, that's it. Satiny <laughs> written on the wall, which yeah. is for necromancy. And then the word of conjuring a demon written on the wall as well. The uh, the necklace that the grandmother was wearing at, in the funeral, and the fact that that symbol kept reappearing, mm -hmm. which was actually the the symbol for the seal of payment. Yeah, yes. yeah. so and they had it upside down. I think after right. doing some research, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's supposed to be facing the west. That's why they're all facing the west. Right, yeah. right. Well, I say facing; their heads were off, but. Well, one thing, one thing about this movie that really stood out for me was the sound. Oh yeah, the sound, Absolutely. the cinematography uh, the way was it totally, amazing. Yeah, the cinematography I, I totally was great, to, uh, but the sound just had this forebodingness to it to bring in that sense of hopelessness and despair. I, I want to talk more about sound, but we have to take a break really quick. Uh, give us just a few minutes, guys, and we'll be right back. Alright guys, we're here. Uh, we have just done a review with the Good Stuff's Kettle Corn Emporium. Mm. <clears throat> this is one of our, our favorite uh, popcorns that's come out. This popcorn is amazing. Phenomenal. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> yes. stop eating it! How many flavors do they have now? Like 68? 68! And they have literally a kettle corn for almost every flavor I could possibly imagine at this point. Even I think I've 
tasted some licked unicorn. <laughs> a licked <laughs> unicorn. Uh, everybody, even if you're picky. Even yes. if you're picky. The, this company uh, supports uh, the other haunt actors and, and yes. helps promote those and mm -hmm. gives them an avenue for that. And uh, we've seen a lot of our rotten friends have their own corn yes place. such a beautiful thing I love and it. the fact that good stuff is bringing together the haunt community it can't be anything more rotten and more on par with what we want to be absolutely it's and beautiful. this damn kettle corn is fucking amazing mm -hmm. it absolutely <laughs> is stop eating this. i'm gonna turn into a kettle corn <laughs> <laughs> Guys, check out www.kettlecornemporium.com and get yourself some of this. this is absolutely phenomenal. Get you some of this. Woo! Uh, when do you want to go over the whole entire? When I think I'll play. And we're back. <laughs> uh, now, when we uh, when we left for commercial break, uh, we were talking about the sounds. Yes. No, I mean, I really feel like throughout the whole thing, the way the sound just kind of pulsed at you was, you know, it was relatively minimal throughout the whole thing, but it it just really brought that whole foreboding feeling to it. The, the depression you could feel through the sound. I completely agree. I think for me, uh, I tried to watch this film and then I tried to take the sound out of it in my head to see if I felt the same way about this film. This film was gloomy. Mm -hmm. There's no part Bleak. where Toni Collette is happy yeah. in this film. She's miserable. And as the like central focal kind of point of this film, as her, you're gloomy this whole film. You have no, there's not any roller coaster to this. And it's part of that, well, that heavy ambient music. That's one of the things that Carrie brought up when we were watching it is we were watching it and she was like, oh, jump scares coming, jump scares coming. And I was like, well, this guy expects you to expect a jump scare after he does these big swells. Yeah. And then it goes quiet. And there's never a jump scare. Like they, yeah, there is happen. not jump scares but in this movie at all. But you've got that sense of it's dread it's a dread, building. and then as it, instead of being like bum bum bum, it'll come to something and be like bum 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 bum, and that's all it does is it's just a crescendo of music. There's no bum 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 moment in this movie at all, and that's another one of those things where he eradicated that trope. Now, complaint I have about tropes does seem like a lot of this movie was was filmed with the art sake. Like where they were like, what is the most artistic way I could make this shot? And it almost seemed a little forced in a lot of places. I like well, completely yeah, unnecessary. That's agree. part of that, like you talking about how it started off wonderful. It wasn't so much that they stepped away from the artsy of it. It was, it was more along the lines of the more you saw it, the less it mattered because it, it just kept, I don't know. The it, last part of that movie has so much shit in the background that if you go back and watch it, you'll see something new in every freaking shot. When it first shows the shot of the house, there are like at least 20 naked people all over the woods that you won't notice. It's just a really quick boop boop. And he's big about that. I didn't notice it. You pointed it out. I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, I didn't see it the first time. Either. There is, and all through the movie, that the blue light keeps showing up, like just really lightly, yes. kind of denote, well, like showing the viewer, notice. hey, look over here. Now they disguise it sometimes as lightning because there's storms, but there's never any lightning. And it's the same color as the light. There's still, 
doing that recognition of the thing. Um, so my biggest complaint about it is the fact that it seemed a little bit more artsy for the sake of artsy. It's an A24 movie. I immediately go, oh, look at A24 movie. It's going to be artsy for the sake of being artsy, which give or take. <laughs> sometimes I love that. Sometimes I hate that. That's nice. Um, I'm just a nerd for symbolism. Yeah, <laughs> right. and that, that it's really good for that. It had yeah. great symbolism. Now, do you want it really to? It was uh, like a puzzle fitting together all of those. Even like, what does right. this mean? What is this leading to? Yeah, even when they zoomed in on the room two hundred two, that number in this relating to payment is actually the meaning of it is procuring to the mother. Mm -hmm. Nice. And it's oh, yeah. interesting how there's so much after that woman is gone. Yeah, there's yeah. so much iconotry even in the little rugs that she stitched. There's mm -hmm. symbolism to the different yes. symbols oh, from yes. the surrounding doorways, the names uh, for yeah. the key of Solomon. Oh yeah. Um so Scott, uh, would you like to hear what I believe that the point like what really happened? what I think the plot of that movie well, is and what... Well, can I say one more thing yeah. before that? You had referenced Toni Collette. Talk about her performance. Oh, she yeah. was, the, oh, it was the most amazing shit. Like, you, she can Absolutely make you feel life. emotion when she's being crazy yes. and doing things mm -hmm. that you wouldn't yourself do, and but you can feel... And she could do it with just a facial expression. Like, yeah. have a she certain facial easy. expression and you feel... Her character at that moment. That's like I, I the face agree. change after her husband and dies. You, the way she does it, you can just tell what the is, what what's just going happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like what Brandy said when she's in the uh, the first time she goes to the counselor and she's got the very teenage like ah, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, and then she evolves into the like very stern, angry but confused, and then she just goes into snap mode. Mm -hmm. where the emotion has like eradicated and, and i think that might out. be another reason why the third part seems so differently paced without tony collette really giving that performance and just being crazy run after guy it removes that whole entire existence of the movie I, I agree but that doesn't change it it doesn't me. change the fact that right. that's so true. tony collette uh and and I'll, I'll give credit to gabriel byrne who's fantastic and agreed he was really uh, good <laughs> but she was underused but she yes. now and, and see if you guys agree with this totally influenced by shelly duvall yeah, yeah from fucking uh, yeah. the can y'all see that yeah. like slowly uh, descending into madness some of those facial yes, expressions those like facial expressions everything i was like yes. this is fantastic she's doing a fantastic job and uh millie who played uh the daughter charlie yes. yeah charlie uh fantastic <coughs> yeah. um can we comment <coughs> on the fact that the mother's name at the at the end was queen lee queen lee and that's just uh tifa away from Oh my God. Queen Latifah. No. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'll cut that out. That's uh, it's okay. I uh, I, I totally saw where you were going with that, and I tried to uh, stop. I tried to swerve so your head would get knocked off. You know, I hated the, ah! I hated the decapitation. I thought it was great. I loved. The I thought the decapitation was awful. Yeah. Uh, was not done well, and then uh, showing the head was a useless uh, plot thing. I feel like Did you notice that the because... symbol was on the pole before she got yes. hit the yeah. first time? I feel like they showed it because that's when Payman would jump 
to people is whenever they were decapitated. That's where, yeah. that's yeah. my, that's like, overarching thought of what the whole movie was about and why it had to happen, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like that. So that's what you wanted to talk about, and I interrupted you. So. Well, my, my idea is that there is this society of people, right, like rich people, um, they never talk about what the dad does or what Tony Collette does. They just seem to be well off. Um, they show the dad in an office, but never explain what he does. They live in a fucking good house, and she makes managers for an art gallery, but she never actually, it never shows what she did. Yeah, because all why the miniatures they have it shows or anything. are representations of pieces of her life. Between now he's, and he's a psychologist, and she's a miniature artist. It, did it say he was a psychologist? Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that either. I didn't catch that yeah, at all. I don't remember it. Like, I remember it showing him in his office which, one Which was time. a problem for me because... And drinking while someone he was, who was that artistic. And, and she was um, arguably crazy before any of these events. Yeah. She was just crazy. Uh, an artist who was, like, dealing with her own stuff through her own way. And that kind of relationship don't work. Well, also him being a therapist, but also being to the point of where he was like, ah, here we go again with crazy fucking wife. Yeah. Like yeah. at the end when she finally figures it out and tries to tell him, probably him being a psychologist didn't really help him to believe her. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that he literally plays into her imaginative thing until it gets to a point and he's like, wait a minute, I can't do this. If he's a fucking psychiatrist, he's a shitty ass psychiatrist. Well, he also because he immediately he's like consistently doing the worst fucking thing. I can't do this with you again. I can't keep doing this with you. So in that way, he's referencing other incidents that we as viewers may well right because what you have to hold on to is the fact that you've picked up at a story where a family just saw the mother cover the kids in paint thinner and try to set them on fire. And now she's steady sitting there saying she was sleepwalking. When she talks to Joni, she, or Joan, she says, this happened. I was sleepwalking. You know, it's sleepwalking. It had to be sleepwalking. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't sleepwalking. And then the very next scene, she's sitting at the dinner table talking about how nobody in the family will take responsibility for their actions, even though she is the classic and it's also, case of not taking the, responsibility. Well, the son for that. And yeah. yeah. I loved how he the son put, turned, turned it, it back and says she her. wouldn't be have gone to the party. Yeah. Okay, so this is what I think the whole point is. Rich people, society, they're all trying to fucking summon these different demons from the fucking Book of Solomon. And the family that is Tony Collette's family, the grandmother had Pame or uh, Paymon in her because it transferred from her husband. Her husband died first. Then it was in her. She wanted the fucking son because she knew the son would be good. Mm-hmm. But Tony Collette was like, you can't have my son. But she took the daughter. She tried to she tried to do her son first. Yeah. Remember, yeah, uh, killed himself. She kept trying to put himself. people in me. Yes, yeah. yep. yes. And so then she decided to feed the girl from herself to try to make her stronger so it would work. That's not talked about very much either. It is not. No. Miniature where she's offering yep. the breast. Yes. And when the demon... Which is in the trailer, minus the nipple. And the mother oh. says that to the daughter, like, I would try to breastfeed you, and mom And mom said she in. wanted to feed and you. And it makes so important. much sense now that the grandmother wanted Charlie to be a boy. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So with, with yeah. that, so Charlie now is Paymon, right? Or God. Or so... Mm-hmm. 
Charlie is moving forward through this existence and everybody's like, okay, she's having an allergic reaction to nuts. But what if that was her body breaking down because it wasn't strong enough to hold payment? And as it progresses till that scene where she's really having a shock and you assume it's because the knife was cut the nuts and then the knife cut the cake. But it could be just that that was finally that point where Payman was trying to get out of her body. Yeah. The witches clearly knew that the post was important. A deer appears magically in the middle of the fucking road. All of that shit was almost geared to happen that way. So I believe that the only way Payman can move from one body to another is through decapitation. So they had to cut the grandmother's head off after she died to get it into the little girl who they were prepping it for. Mm -hmm. It got into her almost right after she died and those things started happening like more fluently yeah. until it was like, we got to take the head off of that one. When it came off the daughter, it went to the mother. And the, that's why the mother started kind of giving in to these more suggestive things that didn't make any fucking sense at all, yeah. even though she didn't want to be around people, didn't want to be involved with anything. Now she's like, okay, I'll go check this lady out. Okay, I'll do this seance thing. Mm -hmm. um, until it finally got to a point where it was now needed to see what the kid could do, right? So the mother, you see, is always in the background when the kid wakes up. The kid wakes up and finds his father dead. He doesn't freak out. Before that, he was at the football game and he freaked out because his heart was hurting and he was like, hold my hand. He was weak then. He now, stronger. he yeah. sees his dad. This whole thing has made him stronger. So he's like, okay, cool. There's my dead dad, whatever. Go upstairs. Okay, mom chases me. Naked guy in the kitchen. Go upstairs. Dead grandmother. What the fuck? Okay, cool. Calm down. Calm down. He even says not it. As mentally affected. He's like, it's a dream. Wake up. Calm down. Calm down. The demon is seeing this the whole time. And then the demon decides he is right. And that's when you hear, because the demon's ready to get out of Tony Collette's character. Mm -hmm. She cuts her head off. And in the scene when he falls from the window to the ground, you can see her shadow of her headless body come out of the window over him. And then you and see you a little tiny glitter of white float down and hit his body and consume his body. And, it's that and been that's when yeah. Payman actually becomes the boy. And that is the fruition of the movie. The whole point was to get Payman or whichever demon made it first to that perfect body. And Payman himself could not decapitate himself or would not decapitate himself to move to another body, but he did when he finally saw that the boy was strong enough to take him. And that's why everybody knew this is the one because Tony Collette was the only person that killed herself while under the influence of payment. Yeah. And also at, towards the beginning of the movie, after the grandmother dies, you can see where the mother opens the note from her mother right saying our sacrifice our will be worth it in the end and then yeah. later when she sees the books about payment it talks about riches with sacrifice yeah and then at the very end when payment's taking over the boy and he walks <coughs> up into the treehouse you can see all the riches around him yep yep and the whole point of that movie where it kind of kicks you in the balls is it's just a bunch of fucking, like, richy-ass dou douchebags yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> wanted to fucking summon a demon to be richier-ass douchebags. Yeah. And they're willing to fucking cut everyone's head off that's in the way of succeeding at that. Including their own children yeah. and 
and spouses and mm-hmm. and yeah. they that's like that's like the government because they were like we want influence over all men like we have given unfrail exactly influence to you. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Uh, that is a really good synopsis of what this film is. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with some final thoughts. Come on down to Hellbilly Hollow. We got all things that are good and bad. Bring your wife, your kids, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, and your other incestuous family members. Have a good old time. The whole goddamn family. Yes, please don't forget your cousins now. Those are our favorites. The cousins are the best part. We do family discounts and reach-arounds for all. And we have a poo drop-in just for you. You come on in, get your ice-cold glass of that lemonade. It goes down mighty fine. That's right. Visit Hellbilly Hollow on Facebook or hellbillyhollow.net. You get on that damn internet web and you type in Hellbilly Hollow, it'll take you right on where you need to be. And say hey to our best friend, Timmy Tim. So come see us. We'll be waiting for you. Be mighty glad to have you. Okay, so for the last part of this, we're just going to kind of go around the room and get each of our individual opinions about the, I mean, anything you want to say, strengths, weaknesses of the movie, why you should watch it, why you shouldn't watch it, and what our rating on it is. Um, Can we all kind of go off of a 10 rating so that way we can have a little bit more of a levy space to it? Um, And, of course, as we move through these movies, um, we might give this one a higher score than another one because we haven't set a standard of where our scores are so bear with us for that guys um so do you want you want me to start first okay so in my opinion this movie suffered from its campaign it suffered from its trailer um it suffered from a little bit of forced artistic uh ideas um which is why the third act seems so disconnected uh i think that it would have been better a little bit paced a little bit further forward and have that kind of chaoticness of the third act or at least started bringing that in it seemed very separate for me it almost seemed like three separate movies for me um so overall i'm really again i i can't stress watch heredity one good time it is yes. fucking 100 worth one watch Definitely. but in my book it's a cult thing's great but i'm gonna give it a four um because I love everything about it. I love the gratuitous nature of it. It just seemed like some of it was just put there in order to be there. Uh, I like the story. I like where it takes you. I like the adventure you go on. I love the soundscape. Um, I love the lyrics. Uh, I think that Tony Collette and the kid and the father did some of the best acting ever. I think that a lot of the other, the movie suffered from some bad acting on everybody else's part. Um, I think everybody did good, but you know, there was, it just seemed like there was a big disconnect between the other characters. Um, so yeah, overall I give it a four and I recommend you watch it. A four and a recommendation, a rarity. Right. Uh, I, I, I agree with, I agree with what you're saying. I did really appreciate some of the artsy shots. 
Uh, I've already mentioned I love the sound and definitely Tony Collette's performance. Really, I think the the part for me that just I couldn't identify truly with any of the characters. I felt no true empathy for them um, in in a lot of ways, and I just felt like they were all disassociated from each other even before affected by grief. Um, I, I think that just kept pulling me out of it because I just could not identify with any of the characters. So what's your rating on it? I I do think it's worth a watch very much. Um, I'm glad that I watched it and, and saw it for what I did. I don't think I would give it a rewatch. I go with a five. Five out of ten. So that's a recommendation to watch and a five. Very good. I would give it a six out of ten. I really also enjoyed Tony's performance. Um, very wonderful acting. I didn't think a lot of the scenes with the dollhouse and the transitions with that was needed. I didn't see the point of it. But I also would say I would love to have seen more blood and gore in that movie. Okay. What's your rating? I just said. She oh. said six. And would you recommend to watch? <coughs> mm, I, I also wouldn't rewatch, but I would recommend to watch, yes. See for yourself. Cool. Um, so for me, I'm probably going to take a different take on this. I loved all of the art shots. Um, I, I loved the cinematography. The cinematography was one of the big selling points for me personally. The music in this was a, another huge selling point. Uh, unfortunately, the lack of diversity in the music. Uh, there was a lot of different music. There just wasn't anything that, that put me on a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I felt gloomy the whole time. Yes. Um, the the shots were gorgeous in the beginning uh probably the first and maybe the second uh uh thirds of this film uh it got sloppier the storytelling got sloppier in the third uh it may have benefited from uh stretching the third act out longer it was already a two-hour film because the pacing of this film was miserably slow it wanted you it wanted to drag you through gravel very very slowly and that's what this film did uh that being said i probably would give this uh, six and a half. Uh, that seems pretty high, but there are some shots that I have. I would definitely recommend watching just for those shots. Uh, probably some shots that I would like to see again. I, I would watch again for those shots. Um, and also, as a directorial debut for Ari Aster, this was a phenomenal debut. Yeah. This was a really great uh, freshman effort. And, and for that reason, I would say, well, give it a watch. So it's a watch and a six and a half. That's good. And what about you? Well, in total, in total, I would rate it a seven. And the reason for that would be, I, like I said, I'm a sucker for symbolism. And I loved how if you don't research the words on the walls, you're not going to know what it is. But at the same time, the symbolism of everything is slowly leading up to the final reveal where it makes the plot obvious in the end. And, like I said, that's biased because I'm a sucker for symbolism, <laughs> but I loved that part of the movie. And I actually added up all of our ratings and averaged them, and that was an average 5.7. I did yeah. it too. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I think Carrie also pointed out how she really enjoyed the occult factor as well. Yes, the necromancy. I was, even in the beginning when they kept symbolizing that, I kept trying to figure out, okay, how is this related? How is mm-hmm. this all connected due to this? And I feel like you kind of just figure that all out in the end. I like how we went in ascending order all the way across the board. Four, five, six, six and a half, seven. Mm-hmm. I think and that's kind of hilarious. And you did not finish the movie. What do you think? Well, the solid ten minutes of this movie I watched. <laughs> out. I must agree with everyone that it very, very had a slow approach. It drug out, but it was beautifully illustrated for the solid ten minutes that I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I would give it with what I saw a five, and I will definitely watch it later when I have two hours to kill before yeah, no falling shit. asleep. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, um, because you pointed that out, and while you were talking, it made me realize something about the pacing of this film. There was a film with Jeff Goldblum called Mr. Frost. Mm-hmm. And if you ever saw Mr. Frost, it has that kind of. Um, I swear to God, if you, you if you reference us to watch that movie, I'm going to beat your ass. I, 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 I won't. I won't. Because, because that film is very, very slow in the same way. You I also don't movie. know if the, the narrator is being honest about who he is and what he's doing and huge occult references without it being overtly, you know, you, you don't think that that's what it is. It's like the scary the version of Summer's being. Of K-Pax. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, Except for K-Pax was just a nudge more. Yeah. But all, all in all, like, okay, so that's a 5.7 average yeah. across the board. Um, I'd like to add a caveat um, if the director is listening. Um, I would super appreciate... Now, I understand, again, art for the sake of art. Yes. But could we please get a movie of yours... Where in the last ten minutes of the movie, there's not a bunch of naked old gross people, <laughs> because every movie he has put out in the last ten minutes has naked gross people. In the last ten minutes. So oh. you know his next film. He's uh, is it is it naked gross people in oh, a field? He's remaking Cocoon. And, uh, <laughs> if you have a debilitating disease of diabetes, <laughs> you better look at Wilford Brimley's saggy wiener. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah, I mean, like, the guy in the fucking kitchen with that smile and shit Mm. and his, like, he's got a pretty impressive penis on him, too, and it's just off-putting as fuck. A very approachable penis. Yeah, it's it's approachable. It's it's, it's, it's a flesh. Whatever. But here's the thing. Um, You said there wasn't. dicks. You said there isn't any pop scares. And uh, reading just some reviews, there was kind of back and forth, are there pop scares or not? But I would say... She, uh, when uh, Tony Claire enters the room and looks in the dark corner as she's leaving, and she sees her mother standing there, that was a pop scare to me. You can, you can, you could say that it's not okay. But like it's a turn. She's a, there's someone. But there. the pop was when the light came on, not when the light went off. The real pop scare was I, the. I'm not disagreeing with that. Was, was the, the disappearance sure. of her, not the appearance of her. But it's it, it, it harkens back to the thing that terrifies me. Out of every haunted house I've ever been in, there's one little What thing. about Charlie in the corner and when he first saw the clothes in the corner and then later on saw Charlie standing there in that exact same place? Same. It's, I mean, it's a... Her being behind his shoulder up in the corner of the ceiling and then crawling in behind him could almost... Look, I I love that. Listen, I love that shot, but again, 
this there are so many things in this movie that I go they got this from that they got this from that 100% the the crawling on the wall fucking we gothica no man come on exorcist 3 dude this Uh, is literally an exorcist based movie and they did exactly the same fucking thing when Tony Collette comes running at him in the fucking kitchen, yeah. it's the same <laughs> shot that it was from The Exorcist 3 when the guy comes out with a fucking scissors. Yeah. They drew so much from it. Mm-hmm. Then you see Audition. The girl's literally doing the phone wire yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there And there's so much more, too. Like, but where it's, it's like... That's, that's a beautiful thing, though. That's a beautiful it's an homage. Thing when, when, uh, <coughs> when you've seen enough films to where you can know where Recognize the director... Where pull these things from that's why i was saying shelly duvall earlier mm-hmm. that performance that, that yeah, exactly could have done yeah. that performance but it seems like to me that this guy is definitely like he he knows it like there's no kind of it doesn't seem like he just fitted in and was like oh i can see why he was influenced to do that it seems like he was like i want to put that fucking scene in my movie that was scary well so, when you're talking about like two minutes ago when you're talking about people standing in the room the thing is, is I was even telling Grim at the very first shot when it's zooming into that room, when you're far away, it kind of looks like something, sta- when some- there's like a coat or something hanging like on the... Like a figure, the- it looked yeah. like a figure. Mm-hmm. There was lots Freaking. of different things fit in like that. Like a silhouette. On the thing. The way it's hanging on there, it looks like a person until it zooms in and then you realize it's not. So yeah. I feel like that's also symbolism. Mind tricks and everything. People are what really he this. looks like at, from the darkness as opposed to what he looks like in the light. Could we could we uh, say that this is what happens when Wes Anderson makes a film? Yeah, <laughs> Wes Anderson film. makes a horror film yeah. and gets a little bit of fucking help from because like it's all the things. It's like the puppets, the fucking it's Exorcist, like a, the family that's disjointed. Yeah. It's like uh, the arty shots that that are. Uh, yeah, you know, the the pacing that's really slow, and you're like, hey, are you gonna get there somewhere? Right. Uh, it's just not the witty dialogue. The dialogue that's when like is she, yeah. he's up in the treehouse, and fucking that's uh, <laughs> the same. Uh, yeah. Fucking Ghostbuster comes up to him. You know, Bill Murray's up there, and he's like, hey, buddy, hey, champ, calm down. You know, this Ten is for Paymon. You know, yeah. no, stop. <laughs> calm down. It's cool, everybody. And then like, there's all these fucking fucking Boy Scouts up there, fucking. <laughs> Way to go. Well, that's what we descended into. So I'm glad that you guys were here for that because uh I'm not glad. This, this if you like seeing naked gross people, <laughs> check out all of his fun-filled movies the I'm last scared. ten minutes. Now, do we want to mention what our next movie is in case anyone wants yes. to watch it with if us? If it was fucking hard to find hereditary, here we go. Yeah. It's goddamn cemetery, man. I've never Delamorte. heard of it. Uh, Delamorte, Delamore. It is one of my favorite films. Michelle Sawada. I don't disagree with that, uh, but that is a fucking hard film to find. It, it is going to be a hard film to find, and we will find it. And if you guys want to play along and watch the film before we do a review, seek out Cemetery Man. Rupert Everett is absolutely phenomenal in the role. Uh, and it is a it it's is a fucking mind bending roller coaster. And if Heredity is three movies, that movie is fucking 20. Fair enough. Um, any final words before we, we wrap this thing up? We won't. I'm excited it. for this to end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, goodbye. And, and yeah. by that, she means our friendship. Uh, Stay right. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. See what she did there, Hungry Munster? <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of assuming. No, please stop. Please.
All right, uh, goodbye, guys. Uh. Stay rad. <laughs>